word. Um, this word believe goes all the way through the um, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It, it ties in everything in our lives. The real challenge is that when we find the Lord uh, talking to Martha, and she was saying, well, I know there's a resurrection and he'll be raised in the last day. And he said, no, 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 no. I am the resurrection and the life. And, and so he made it very clear. Then once he, once he made his point, he says, do you believe this? And she said, yes, Lord. Really? And every day that we go through circumstances, don't let the circumstances blind you to the reality that this is not your home. <laughs> Do you believe that? Do you live like it? Well, um, matter of fact, we're, 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 my title for this morning is It Took a Miracle. Now, what it is is really part two of what we've been talking about before. And, um, and so when we talk about it, it took a miracle, it's the idea that Lazarus uh, died and, um, and a lot of things took place. Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for our time together. Thank you for us uh, walking me through some things to look at a little bit closer and help us, Lord, to understand there was more happening in this verse and so much theology in this verse and lord what belief and miracles and, and dynamics of miracles and effects uh, on individuals and it's so much to learn just from this chapter on lazarus but lord it wasn't about lazarus it was about you who used lazarus to make a point so lena got us now thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen, amen. Uh, well, our, our scripture review. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, remember that verse. His illness, the whole idea of him being sick. There's a lot of things that's happened even in your life. Uh, and you're saying, God, I'm going through all these struggles and everything else. Understand things. Understand this. Anything that happens to you, God permitted it. And if he permitted, he also will walk you through it. He will get the glory out of it. And you'll move up to another step of walking with him. And your witness to others will be uh, fortified through it. So, so the whole idea is God did this. John 11, 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her and, uh and her sister and Lazarus. So it has nothing to do with whether Jesus loved me. This I know for the Bible told me so. No, 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 no. It says Jesus loved them. You see, it's going to happen to you whether you, uh, whether you feel God loves you or not. And if he really loves you, as you may think, you know, and you're really doing everything, it's still going to happen to you because God has a, a plan for each one of our lives. If we settle that, it'll settle our attitudes. So then he heard that Lazarus was ill. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. John 11, 7. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. 
Well, of course, they wanted to stone him and everything else, but he said, let's go back to Judea. And you know the disciples pretty much shot behind that one. Well, let's let's pick up. Let's go on. Our review. We uh, we looked at the uh, the request of verses one to three, the response verse uh, verse four, the reason, and then the restraint verse six. The reactions by the disciples, uh, eight to sixteen, where he when he told the disciples this, they said, "Well, Lord, if he's if Lazarus is uh, asleep, then it's good for him to go to sleep. That's, I mean, Lord, he'll wake up." <laughs> and Lord said, "No, no, no, no. Come on, guys." Uh, these are rookies they still need to learn so he said no Lazarus is dead he said you know it's a good thing that uh that I'm here and you're here based on the next level I'm getting ready to take you said, but but last, right now everybody should be on the same page Lazarus is dead okay um then by Jesus himself 32 to 35 when he uh told um um uh, Martha about the whole idea that she he is the resurrection and the life and uh, he that believed in me though he die yet shall he live and if he live if he die he shall live again he said he said no, no you're looking for the resurrection <clears throat> i'm personally the resurrection i'm the one i'm the reason why the resurrection is going to take place but understand something in order for that to take place he had to die first you know uh be the first of the, the first seed of it but he's saying i'm behind i'm the orchestrator behind this whole thing this world has had a tendency to affect our thinking and they're trying to get us into their mode i hope you hold your ground understand that he's the alpha and omega the beginning and the end which is which was and which is to come this is one and guess what to have they had they seen the song what a friend we have in jesus <laughs> and so here they're here the friends are grieving and guess who shows up i always like what uh brandon would say and jesus will meet you you know uh, jesus will meet you in your lowest hour in a time that you're going through and you don't understand and people don't understand uh he does and when he does uh, it says, when peace like a river attendeth my way and troubles like sea biddles, whatever my lot, thou have taught me. It's a learning experience. You have taught me to say, it is well with my soul. Amen. And so then uh, Jesus himself then by the friends of Mary and Martha, uh, 36 to 37. Well, um, these are the observation. In order to make take everyone to the next level of his purpose and plan, he used this old uh, traumatic, this whole traumatic and painful experience to reveal a teachable moment. And I told you all about that again. I left off one for a reason. It's the hook to get their attention. So everybody know Lazarus is dead. Okay. Uh, the look hold their attention. Lazarus was dead and buried when Jesus came too late. So everybody knows that. Everybody on the same page. No philosophical. And I think everybody knows Lazarus is dead. He's in. He's in the tomb. And what I was telling you before that when a person died with the Jews, when they died, um, uh, they didn't just put you in the tomb like Joseph says, "Take my bones with you." They would be. They would be put into the tomb until all of their flesh have uh, come off and they'll let the bones dry and then they'll take the bones like they took Joseph and some of the others and uh, they'll take the bones and bury it with the ancestors and so here it says well he's been dead four days 
So it's still the king, and they that's what they had a, a problem with. Uh, and then the book, give them a different perspective. For the record, this chapter is not about Lazarus, but about the great love and intervention of God, his established plan, and his great compassion. If you missed that, then all you're reading is Lazarus was, was raised from the dead. You missed it. You missed what God is trying to say to us. He wanted us, that's why he wanted us to take our picks and go a little bit deeper so that the more we know him, the more we will trust him in the process. Everybody with me so far? Okay. Amen. Lights. All right. Then let's go on to the next one. God is good at turning darkness into light. He created the universe from the state of darkness into light. He has met men and women in their darkest hour for comfort, courage, and deliverance. We, we would never know that God would, would do that in, until he entered into your life. And then all of a sudden, when he enters into your life, now you have a testimony. And you say, I want, I want to give a testimony about what the Lord did for me. And I can imagine we went around here, a number of things that God have done for you as individuals. And, and, uh, and some of the areas, it seems like, um, it seems like God is slow. No, he's on his time, not ours. So be patient, wait on the Lord, and, uh, and, and be a good courage, okay? As we observe the narrative and actions in this chapter, please notice that the darkest moments in a believer's life is how their expectations significantly affect the stability of their hope and trust. If you expect that when you pray, a miracle is going to take place and it doesn't take place, guess what? You become disappointed with God. But God did not say he'll heal everybody. Show me in scripture where God will heal everybody. Or, or something else. Maybe getting ahead of myself. Even if God heals you, you're still going to die. Okay? So you can be healed of this disease and then you, you die because you slipped in the tub or whatever the case may be. Uh, you, you're going to die because this is not our home. Okay? So if we keep that in perspective, then while you're in the situation, then ask God, okay, Lord, I'm going through this. What is it that you want me to learn from it? Not only to praise you, but be able to share with others how you work in and through my life. This is what this whole thing is all about. Lazarus dead. That was already planned. You see, but was not what was not planned was Jesus, the, the God, showing up. But it was not planned that that God would be glorified through the process. What was not planned was that Lazarus be raised at in a hopeless situation. There's a lot of things that were not planned. You got to go through this book and see it from a different perspective. And Lazarus is good, but Jesus is better. Amen. Uh, so, um, so let's go on. Thinking it through. Let us observe God's big reveal and the response of those who were witnesses. The outline. The great command. The confirmation 41 to 47. Then conspiracy, 48 to 53. <laughs> Let's get started. First, we look at the first is the, the command. Now, we're, we're at the graveyard, and uh, it says, then Jesus deeply moved again. See, he was moved before. And when we left off, we start off with the sermon topic, Jesus wept. And he saw the, everybody weeping and everything else and said, Jesus wept. Now, understand something. Uh, why, and we asked the question, why did Jesus weep? 
when he already planned for the man to die in the first place, you know, to the glory of God, you see. And it, why, why should he weep when he knows in a, in a few minutes he's going to raise them up again? Then why did Jesus weep? See, And that's why we need to understand something. Here is a snapshot of God coming down, Jehovah Shammah, and he's, and he's right there, and he's, uh, and he's uh, Emmanuel, God with us, and he comes into our problems. And he feels what we're going through. And so, so when Jesus wept, now God, for the first time, enter into that type of atmosphere with his friends and the weeping, although he's capable of bringing results, he weeps. And we teach our, our children, say Jesus wept, say Jesus wept. And so when, when the child say that, they say, see, my child will be an evangelist. They, they quote that verse, Jesus wept. No, it's more than that. Jesus wept because Jesus cared. Amen. So we look at the command. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an old odor. Something he stink, for he has been dead for four days. Understand now, Jesus stayed back two days deliberately. He'd been dead for four days. The hook, the look, the book, his, now the took, and now we have the, the took. Watch this as Jesus said, okay, now I want you to apply everything I've been saying. He said, he said, uh, uh, he said Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Didn't I, didn't I tell you that? I want to see. Let's get past Lazarus. We know he's in the tomb. And I, did you still remember? You kept saying, "If I would just be there, if I was there, he wouldn't have died." Well, I deliberately did not come because I wanted to die. So now let's go on to the next lesson. I want to take you a little bit deeper with me. I want to take you a little bit deeper when you walk with the Lord. When He takes you into something really deep, you don't understand. Then trust His heart. He goes on. There are three things that Martha needed to keep in mind. Remember who I am and believe. Release the pressure of the obvious. He has been dead for four days. Relax and let me do my job. <laughs> the, the, the three, the three, all right, everybody with me with that? Okay, here we go. Here we go. Number one, remember, you know, uh, the whole idea. Remember, release, relax. Let's say it together. Remember, release, relax. One more time. Remember, release, relax. I think it's so important to do that. And we're finding believers bent out of shape and overwhelmed. And the Lord, Lord, Lord keeps saying, from that time to now, remember, release, and relax. Do you believe that, Martha? Yeah, okay, good. Then now, now help me. See, I can't do anything significant until you believe where you are right now. It's a hopeless situation. So if you just relax, when you're uh, in a uh, 
police station, if they're taking fingerprints, the only reason I knew my fingerprints were taken was that I was going into the service. And the guy was saying, now just relax your fingers, just relax, and I'm going to take your thumbprint and everything else. And so I did what he told him. He said, man, you did that pretty easy. I said, you told me to relax, you know. And so so, so he took my thumbprint, you know, and, and put it on my name, et cetera, et cetera. The Lord said, I want you to remember. I want you to release and then relax. I, I've learned this now, even when in traffic and what have you, when folks are acting crazy, uh, and, and, it's, and it comes to me immediately. Just give them a few minutes and they'll be gone. So just, you know, just remember, release that little craziness, and you have the rest of your day. But if you're going to try to keep up with them and all these other things, you have messed up your day. So remember, release, relax. I think you got the idea. I, I hope you have the idea. Okay. Well, let's, let's go on. Think about this. When Jesus gives a directive, it is not a suggestion, opinion, or request. Just do what you were told to do. And what did he tell them? Remove the stone. Of course, he didn't know that he didn't mean that Martha would remove the stone. In other words, have the stones removed. But Lord, he's been stink. He'll be there for four, four days. He'll be, what did I just say? Move the stone. You know, sometimes if to move to the next level, sometimes it seems hard and you can't see it. Right, because God has to reveal himself. Until he reveals himself, you won't see it. Just do what he says in a difficult situation. When the Lord includes us in his plans, it's our responsibility to do one thing. It is to obey. Remove the stones. To do what? One more time, remove the stones. Now I said, well, that's that's good, that's good biblical. Now, let me just now let me break down what the stones are, okay? So I, I get on the another slide here what stones we have in our own lives that we need to remove. When we do not remove the stones in our life, we are entombed in a hopeless situation. The stone of doubt, remove it. The stone of discouragement. Remove it. How can you rejoice in the Lord always and be discouraged at the same time? Please. The stone of disappointment. Because you had, uh, you have set up your expectations and then expect God to meet your expectations. And then when he does not meet your expectations, you're disappointed. Uh, the stone of unrealistic expectations. The stone of unforgiveness. The stone of anger. Well, boy, we can go on and on on the list. Sooner or later, the Lord gonna hit one of us in one of those areas and take you into that room they call the Rima and say, "That's you. you know, that's you." Now, get the stone out of the way. Get the stone out of the way. The blessings of miracles await those who are willing and obedient to remove the stones. The miracle could not or would not take place until they remove the stones. So they can argue with him and everything, but the miracle would not have, moved, have taken place if they did not remove the stones because they are positioned by choice, not by chance. And so the stones that you have in your life, uh, you have it to cover up and put behind you all those things. And the Lord said, I tell you what, remove the stones. Unforgiveness, remove the stone. I want you to forgive them. 
so that you'll be free, so you won't be hooked every time you think about them. Just get the stone out of the way. What has happened in your life? What is it that's going on in your life that you should have removed those stones a long time ago? Okay, I think you got the idea. We're going. The confirmation, verses 41 to 47. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. Remember the people who were standing around, they, all of them were weeping and everything else and groaning. And uh, he says, I'm, I'm glad, Lord, that you put me in a very difficult situation. So, and out of this difficult situation, it will spring up the seed of belief that you're looking for, for all those who walk with you. Christ's prayer revealed two important facts, affirming the fact that God the Father always answers his prayers. Why is that so important? Because he's praying for you and me all the time. The next, affirming the great necessity of believing the truth about Christ being sent by the Father. You see, there's, there's a group that go around and say, Jesus only. No, no, Jesus is God. Jesus is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is Jesus. Jesus makes it very clear here. There's a clear distinction between God the Father and God the Son. And of course, the Holy Spirit we can always pick that up, but you always have the triune three in one. Um, you say, you're talking about three gods? Listen, when we talk about three in one, we're talking about uh, one in purpose, one in essence. When they said, when you get married, said, now can I pronounce you husband and wife? Now you are one. You're two, two different individuals, but you're one, you see. And so he said, Father, I'm glad that as I pray to you, that this thing has been, been made. And Lord, I think they're ready now for a miracle. Uh, I, I gave them enough theology. Okay. And I told them to believe. Now I, I need to remember it says, why do you say it? Uh, no. How does it apply to me? Only believe. What's your burden of proof? Whenever a person make an affirmative statement to you about this or that, then always ask the question, why did you say it? What is your burden of proof, and how does it apply to me? If this was happening here. Look at the rules pattern here. Why did you say, I am the resurrection and, and, and the life, you know? Uh, and, and the whole idea didn't, uh, if, if that's the case, how does this apply to me, you know? Why did you say it? Uh, just show me, okay? And so that's what the Lord began to do at this point. Let's go for it. The proclamation. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Uh, now, of course, he didn't have to cry with a loud voice. He said, said Lazarus, come out. Okay. But you see, understand something. A great miracle is getting ready to happen. And so with all of this weeping and, and doubts and everything else, now Jesus Christ says, okay. Watch this, watch this. Lazarus, come out. Then the man who had died came out, his hand and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. 
Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. I can imagine the folks when they moved the stone and Jesus said, lads will come out. And all of a sudden, those individuals that thought, you know, him, the smell and everything else, when they saw him at the tomb coming out and he's, he's bound and everything else and he's coming out. And I can imagine uh, them blowing them away. This, guess what? This was their first, their first experience of individuals being raised from the dead. Now there's other pastors of scripture, Jerry's uh, daughter and the woman of Nain, but this group uh, of, of, of Martha and Mary and, and Lazarus and Jesus being their best friend and, and hanging out with them, et cetera, et cetera. And for him to die, oh, they were weeping and everything else. But now he says, Lazarus, come out. And so it says, okay, unbind him and let him go. Amen. So we go on to the next slide then. The participants. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and have seen what he did, believed in him. That's what the Lord wanted them to do. Which means, get this now. They believed in him at that point. Question, did they believe in him before? See, it says they believed in him. They accompanied Mary. They saw all that took place. They believed in him. They praised the Lord. You would think that the heavenly angels rejoiced when those folks said, you are, we believe that you are the son of God. Jesus prayed it. They see it. They believe it. And guess what? Now it's a, it's a whole new story. It's hallelujah time left and right. Lazarus is back. Uh, at least for a while, because you know that's going to die again. Uh, this is not a one-lifetime thing now, but it's, it's, it's something that happened at a very important time, an emotional time. And Jesus said, I will meet you in your most uh, emotional time. And when I take over, it's going to be a new normal. Okay. Uh, okay, let's go. Number three, the conspiracy. So as we look at the conspiracy, the reaction, some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Everybody, everybody didn't believe. Some believed. Everybody didn't believe. The ones who didn't believe went and told the Pharisees. Okay. Uh, so they went and told them their response. So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered in the council said, what are we to do? Well, this man performs many signs. They acknowledge that. I can imagine for throughout all eternity, they were told what Jesus was, was doing. They knew what Jesus was doing, and they still wanted to kill him. Uh, I can imagine eternity. All I know is this, that God is good at what he does. Okay? Amen. Their reasoning. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him. Now, what's, well, what's the problem there? Let's keep reading the verse. And the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nations. So what do you think the motivation is? If they believe, then it's going to affect us 
and help and, and our money, you know? I mean, Saint, listen carefully. This world is bent on money, money. And believe me when I, when I say, every time you turn around, check out, once and for all, check out this whole thing about money, okay? Um, and so it says, so let him go, uh, so let we, if we let him go like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. Question, what was really about, uh, was really about the people's reaction and the Romans intervention? Was it? No. And so let's go on. The re recourse. But one of them, uh, Caiaphas, who was high, was high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all. Nor do you understand that it is better for you that one man should die for the people. Not that the whole nation should perish. He did not say this of his own accord. But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Can you imagine them being in that position? Here, a miracle has taken place. And yet and still, they want to kill him. Oh, by the way, when Lazarus died, it kicked it up to the next level. Jesus had to go to the cross. They were out to kill him now. They are out to kill him. Okay. Uh, recourse, secondly. And not for the nation only, but also together in one, the children of God who are scattered abroad. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. After all of this, he's, Jesus is raising the dead and everything else. After all of this, they said, let's plan to put this man to death. And one of the reasons we want to look out for our nation. We want to keep the Romans for, from bothering us. Come on, please. You know and I know that Jesus Christ came to down the cross of Calvary. And he permitted that in order for us to go on to, to be with glory with him. Amen? Observation. The report of Lazarus being resurrected kindled a fire of hatred and murder with a group who knew the Ten Commandments. Thou shall not kill. The distinction of this group of religious murderers is as follows. They had a position of importance and influence. They rejected the principles and precepts of the word of God. They prayed to be seen by many, not by God. They lacked any compassion for the poor and widows. They were self-serving and greedy men in high places. They were the tools the Lord permitted for his death on the cross as he prepared to die for the whole world. These are the characters. This is their makeup. This is what they're all about. You know, this is Don Rackett. You know, I, I really believe in my heart that if any of them would have changed their mind, they haven't gone, I don't think they've gone too far, changed their mind and said, you know what? He is the Messiah. It says, to the utmost, 
Jesus saved. Now, why am I saying that? Never give up on individuals. Never, never give up on individuals. I don't care how low they are. I don't care what all they're going through, what they've done to you. Don't give up on them. I keep picturing a person being uh, in a lake of fire forever. Some things that, that when it comes to our, our mind, we can't imagine the magnitude of, of God's presence and power. If you just look at the universe and he maintained built, not millions, billions of stars, you know, all of them by name, taking care of the, or didn't go back to earth and he dealing with the protozoa and, and paramecium, able to go down and look at these microscopic creatures. And God is taking care of all of this. And they reject him when he took time out to keep us from his wrath that is to come. So the magnitude of his wrath is literally mind-boggling. That's why it was prepared for the devil and his angels. God never intended man to go there. And so the Lord shows up. They keep on in uh, Mary and Martha and Lazarus' life. Here's some of the facts we need to understand concerning miracles. As you wrap things up. They are performed for a purpose. God will not keep performing, performing miracles. And I, I personally doubt, I doubt very seriously, all of us are going to receive a miracle. Miracles are not a part of the, um, the salvation package. Okay. Uh, yes, the Lord healed and everything else, but no, I'm looking for a miracle. Well, you'll be looking a long time. God used miracles. Understand, the reason for this miracle is for the glory of God. Every miracle that takes place is to the glory of God. They will always, they will always glorify God. There will always be at least two major responses. Those who believe, trust, and praise God. We saw that. And those who do not believe, rejecting God's kind intentions. There will always be ridicule and rejection of the truth. Miracles are temporal, not eternal. I doubt very seriously we're, we're going to see miracles in glory. We're going to see the person of miracles in glory. Uh, there will be no need for miracles in, in glory. Uh, he's going to be taking us to another level. Uh, the, the scientists are saying, they kept saying, the universe keep on expanding and expanding and expanding. They're talking about dark holes and all that thing. Lord, I, I know it. I made that happen. But my children, they're going to hang out with me and they know a whole lot of stuff now because they're on the right side of the cross. Aren't you glad you're on the right side of the cross of Calvary and that Jesus Christ died for us? And regardless of whether you're delivered out of your physical situation right now, understand, he will meet you. Either he'll meet you on this side or he'll meet you on the other side. But he will not leave you there. Not Jehovah Shammah. Amen. Well, with that said, one last thing. As we finish our observation and, and personal uh, application, it is my prayer that we permit the word of God to take us to another level of our thinking about the love of God, the presence of God who is in control of every detail in our life. The reality is that regardless of the miracle, there will always be opposition 
even hostile responses. Everyone will not rejoice with you, saints. So just remember that. You're on Hallelujah Boulevard and they're still depressed in their, their cell inside their tombs, hating on you. Well, if this, if the time taken is please give you a, a, a better insight on how far the Lord is concerned, when Jesus wept, it was to the glory of God, we to take the saints to another level, to take the individuals to another level of belief and to trigger the next step toward the cross that will be, that will be responsible for saving our, our, us from the sins. And so this is a very important chapter. I just thought that I'll at least give you some idea of what, how it flows. And I trust that God will bless your heart in this. Let's bow in prayer. Father God, we just pray right now for uh, every individual that's on the sound of my voice, whether virtual or right here in this place. We thank you, Lord, that you are in complete control. And sometimes, Lord, as we see in, uh, in John, sometimes you hold back, not give up, hold back, because it's your time in our house. But when you show up, then you do the hook, the look, the book, and the took, get our attention, and then you show us what you want us to see. And we enter into our new normal as we continue to grow. And the more we grow and the more we get to know you, the more our hearts and all the things we do, we take it to you in prayer. Thank you. And so, Lord, I uh, pray for the saints of God on the sound of my voice. Help them, Lord, to remember this. Life will always be stormy. But, Lord, you're always in the storm to say, peace, be still. Those who do not know you, Lord, I, I pray that you remove uh, the stones that's keeping them locked into their lives. I pray, Lord, that they come to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that they re recognize that they're a sinner, they can't save themselves, and that they ask for forgiveness and believe that Jesus Christ is God and trust what he's going to do. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen.